This morning, for those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Crosby Harbin, and I am the student pastor here at Ebenezer. And, uh, you know, I, I still kind of feel a little new, but uh, this coming up June, I will be here five years. And so I don't feel new pretty much anymore. And uh, so, yeah, so it's been, it's been awesome. But uh, this morning, um, Pastor Fred talked about last week about God's will for your life. And uh, I'm going to share how I came to find God's will for my life and how I actually had to go through fire to realize that I was lost and needed Jesus. And it's one of those things where the, the students, they've heard my testimony, probably they could quote it word by word, okay? They're probably sitting in here going, oh no. They're like, we've heard this. We know what Crosby did. He got burnt. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but all this kind of stuff, I lost my hair. You know, this, this, that's, y'all want to know how I went bald? That's how I went bald. Okay, I lost my hair in fire. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, y'all are awake this morning. That first service, man, Oh, man, it's so hard to preach in that service because everybody looks at you like. I'm like, hey, y'all awake? And they're like, I mean, it's, it's just a totally different atmosphere. I'm going to have fun. This is going to be awesome. All right. So, well, most of you know, uh, it's because you've known my parents or you've seen my mom sing or whatever it is. But most of you know that I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up going to church Every Sunday, every Wednesday, every day that the door was open, and every day that my dad told me to be there, right? And uh, it's one of those things, I grew up a pastor's kid. Uh, my grandfather is a pastor. My mom's a worship leader. My parents traveled in full-time evangelism around the country. And uh, as a kid, I grew up traveling in a motorhome around the world, listening to my parents, you know, uh, sing and preach and do all that kind of stuff. And my parents used to tell me, they said, Crosby, you're the only kid in America that wakes up in a new Walmart parking lot every day of the week. <laughs> because back then, that's where we'd stay. We'd stay in our little motor home that we'd have. We'd pull over there to Walmart parking lot, and that's where we'd sleep. And then we'd go to the next church. And uh, so that's how I, I grew up. And, uh, and then my dad became a pastor of a church. And so then my life really kind of started to change a little bit. I was able to play sports and be a part of different things like that. And so, you know, I always grew up being in church, being involved in church. And I was that pastor's kid. And let me tell you something. You got to watch out for them preacher's kids because they always get in trouble. And not only that, but they're always with the deacon's kids. Okay. And so, you know, like I said, I was a good kid and I wasn't the greatest kid. I, I did have some struggles when I was younger. Um, my grandmother did, bless her heart, she did have to put me on the floor one time and tell the demons to come out of me because I was so bad. Well, guess what the Lord has blessed me with? I have one of those, and his name is Jackson. And, uh, and we haven't had to put him on the floor yet, but there's been times where I'm like, whew, I hope the Lord comes back. <laughs> in those moments, it's just like, man. And my mom and dad are like, praise God, praise God. You know, they're, they're like, man, this is how we experience raising you. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. But like I said, I wasn't a terrible kid, okay? You know, I was polite. I was respectful. Um, you know, most of my teachers would consider me being even like the teacher's pet uh, because I had to be so nice to my teachers that they would pass me, Okay. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's one of those things where I had to make sure, I'm telling you, I'm having too much fun in this service. Um, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I had to, uh, you know, 
be good for them. And so I, I grew up being a respectful kid, being a nice kid, all that kind of stuff. But just because I was all those things, guess what? I was still a lost kid because I didn't realize until I was 19 years old that I was lost and needed Jesus. See, it didn't matter who my parents were. It didn't matter if my, my dad was a pastor, my grandfather was a pastor. It didn't matter about anything like that. I had to come to the realization that it was about my personal relationship with Christ. And that my parents could not save me, my grandfather couldn't save me, but I had to come to that realization that I was lost and I needed Jesus. And I actually had to go through fire to experience that. But God took me on this, this wild journey of, uh, because I, I guess I'm so stubborn that he's like, I got to send you across the world to Peru, South America on a mission trip to start your journey. And so that's where we begin this morning, where God really started to, to change my life. So I was a senior in high school. I graduated on a Friday night and my parents had been telling me, they said, Crosby, you're going to go on a mission trip with the youth. And I was like, no, I'm not. And they're like, it's in Peru. And I'm like, I ain't going to Peru. Ain't happening. And they're like, well, yes, you are. And, and, you know, I lost that battle. And so I graduated on a Friday night. And that next morning on that Saturday, I got on a plane and went to Peru. Now, there was only one highlight that I thought in my mind as an 18-year-old kid about going on the mission trip to Peru. And that was we got to ride dune buggies in the sand dunes. And got to surf the sand and all that kind of stuff. So I was really looking forward to that. So I was like, look, I know how to tell people about Jesus. I'll go tell people about Jesus. And while I'm doing that, I'll get to go have fun and ride dune buggies. That's what I, you know, come to the conclusion in my mind. And so we had been there. And, and, and that's when God really started to change my life. Because I'll never forget, we were in the, in the streets of, of Peru. And I'll never forget, our, our youth pastor, he'd been there several times, and he said, what I want you to do is I want you to walk around with backpacks full of Bibles. And he said, what I want you to do is I just want you to stand on the street corner, and I want you to hold up a Bible, and I want you to say the words, un regalo, which means free gift. And he said, I just want you to hold up that Bible on, the, on this corner right here, have your backpack full, and watch what happens. And I was actually taken back because I was, I was in a group with my friends and, and I held up that Bible and I said, un regalo, I guess, maybe, I, you know, they understood it. And uh, it was one of those things where they just kept running. Now, let me tell you something. I have never seen a person stand on a street corner and hold up a Bible in the United States and people come running. Because over there, it's important to them. Over here, it's not that important. We see it every day. But it was like I had, I had the golden ticket in my hand. I had, I had God's word in my hand that was, that was scripture that was in their language that they could understand. And I held that up and I said, free gift. And I'm not kidding you. I had people that were jumping on my back trying to get a Bible. And that's when God really started to work in my life and to where I, I was just blown away by how something so small could be so impactful for the gospel and how those people literally were jumping on my backpack trying to get a Bible. And here I am as a, as a kid who's grown up and I can't tell you how many Bibles that I have. I could probably fill up a whole bookcase. Because if you're like me, your grandmother gets you a new Bible every year, right? 
And it's one of those things where I, I, I just think about it and I think about other people in our country that literally use their Bible and set it on their bookcase and they never read it. They never open it. And it's one of those things in that moment I realized God's starting to work in my life. So I, I, I went on this trip to, we were, we were traveling about four and a half hours away from where we were staying at the children's home. And I was so looking forward to it because we were going to the sand dunes. And on our way back, we were supposed to go visit a village. So I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll give up the time and we'll go to the village and do all that. But I'm looking forward to the sand dunes. We went to the sand dunes and things just didn't go as planned that day. We were kind of behind on some time and, and it got later in the day and we weren't unable to go to the village. But I'll tell you, the whole reason why we were able, able, unable to go to that village was because God was about to work in my life and I had no idea. See, we were on the Pan American Highway in Peru, which is kind of like an interstate around here. And uh, we were driving down and we came up onto a, a three-car accident. Now, we had a fireman, a nurse, a guy from the military on the, on the trip with us. And so they just got out, we stopped, and we just started helping. And I was in the middle of all that and I was helping, you know, assist people. And we had a med kit, all that kind of stuff. And when I got back on, the, on our little bus that we were on, I looked over to my friend and I was like, I, I finally know what I want to do with my life. And they were like, well, what's that? And I was like, well, I want to be a fireman. And so that whole, after that moment on, I, you know, I was just like, That's, that was all in my mind. I couldn't wait to get back home to figure out how I could be a fireman. And so I, I, I went through and I, I got back home and I had a conversation with my parents. And I'm like, look, I feel like God's calling me to be a fireman. And, you know, I was waiting for, a, you know, an answer from my mom to be like, absolutely not. You know, like she was going to talk me out of it. And uh, but she didn't. She said, nope, I can totally see you do that. So I went up and I spoke with the chief and asked him what I needed to do at our local fire department. And he told me everything I needed to do. So guess what? I did it. I became a fireman. And then that's when God really started to change my life, to help me understand where I was spiritually. And I'll never forget, it was my very first fire that I'd ever had. And I'll never forget, it was about midnight. I had just taken off my boots, and the call went off. And honestly, I didn't even really at first hear what the call was. I just knew that I was not going to be last on the truck. Because if I was going to be last, they were just going to leave me. Okay? I was the rookie fireman. I was the little guy. And my goal was to be the first one on the truck. And so I really wasn't paying attention to, to the call until I got on the truck and I put my headphones on. And they said it's a, uh, a residential structure fire with entrapment. And so my captain looks to me and he says, Crosby, he says, you're going to be on the search team. So we get at this structure and it was kind of a unique structure. And they put me on the search and rescue team. And I go in there and I started crawling down the hallway, fires around me, smokes around me. I can't even see my hand in front of me. And it was one of those things that we were looking for a 20-year-old kid. And we ended up finding him. But in that moment, God had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with me in that moment that said, Crosby, if you don't turn from the life that you're living, you see all this fire that's around you, you're going to spend the rest of your life in eternity in hell if you don't turn from the, way, the things that you're doing. 
And I'm telling you guys, I with no matter how expensive that turnout gear was, no matter how nice that air pack was or whatever it was, I experienced that for myself, how hot it was. And I had the, the greatest technology and equipment, all that kind of stuff on, and it didn't touch it. Because God wanted me to feel that. God wanted me to realize, hey, you know what? Yeah, you've been putting on a show for everybody. You see, here's the deal. I would go to church one way, but I'd go to school a totally different way. I was the preacher's kid on Sunday, but I was the normal teenager Monday through Friday. See, I lived two totally different lives. And it was one of those things where I, I could have won an Academy Award for the best actor on the face of the planet because I had every single person fooled. I could walk into church and, you know, be that respectful preacher's kid and, and do what I needed to do. But then I was that crazy wild teenager during the week trying to impress all my friends. And so after that, I experienced that fire, I got back and I'll never forget, I got on my knees right beside my bed. And I said, Lord, I'm lost. I'm sorry that I've, I've lived my life being a fake. Instead of running to you, I've ran away from you. See, here's the deal. Nobody would have ever imagined that I would have been standing on a stage like this today. And I can tell you, I would have never thought that I'd have been the youth pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church when I was 18 years old. That thought would have never crossed my mind. But God took me through all that to realize that I was lost and I needed a Savior. And so that night, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings, but in all your ways submit, and He will make your path straight. See, that night I had to realize I needed to trust the Lord with all my heart. I had to have a relationship with God. And not only that, but I had to submit to Him in all of my ways. Not just some of them, but I had to submit to Him in all my ways. I had to give my life to Christ. And so I'll never forget that the next day was a Wednesday and I had to go tell my youth pastor what had transpired. And, and I'm not going to lie, I was kind of embarrassed. Just because my youth pastor, if you'd asked him, he would have said, no, Crosby has a relationship. But like I said, I had everybody fooled. And I'll never forget, I went to him and I told him, and he said, well, you've got to go have this conversation with your dad. I'm like, that's the last thing I want to do. And so I'll never forget going down to my dad's office and, and telling my dad, and you know, he was emotional and, and hugging me and all this kind of stuff. And he said, you know, son, what's next? And I'm like, Yep, I know exactly what's next. I got to get baptized. And I got to stand up there and get baptized in front of that whole church congregation that I've been a fake to. And I really, in that moment, had to swallow my pride to go through that. But I'll never forget, after I got baptized and I got out of the baptistry, my mom got up there and sang, I am redeemed. The old life is gone. Because I got a new name, a new life. I'm not the same because I'm redeemed. And I'll tell you, in that, in that moment, 
I realized, you know what? I do, I have a new life. I got a new name. The old me has passed away, but behold, the new life has begun. And it's one of those things that in that, in that moment that I realized what God was doing in my life and how, how he took me literally through the fire to experience that. Because I truly believe if I would have not given my life to Christ in that moment, I don't think I'd have had another chance. Think about me growing up as a kid, being in church services every Sunday, every Wednesday. Think about how many times that I'd heard the gospel. And instead of running to the gospel, I ran away. I think about this scripture right here, Luke chapter 15, verse 4 through 7. It says, suppose of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after that lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, goes home. He calls his friends, his neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. See, here's the deal. I was that lost sheep. I was that lost sheep that he came running after me. And when I gave my life to Christ, he picked me up and it was a joyous moment. Because he realized, and I realized, he was so happy that I came back running to him. See, here's the deal. If you're in this room today and you say, you know what, I've, I've, been, I've been in church my entire life. I grew up just like you. But there's people in here in this room that have been running away from God. Instead of running to God, you're running away from God. And you're that lost sheep that he's been trying to come after. But you have to make that personal decision. You have to have that personal relationship with him. When I, uh, when I met my wife, Jenna Lee, I, uh, I started helping her out with, with uh, the youth, that the church that she grew up in. Because the pastor had come to her and said, hey, you know what, will you, will you help out with the students and, and do all that kind of stuff? And, and uh, we were, had just gotten engaged at the time. And, and uh, so I said, you know, I'll, I'll help you do that. And so, you know, I knew that she didn't know what to do. I mean, you know, I, I'd been around ministry my entire life. So I was just like, you know, honestly thinking, you know, I could get up there and probably fake it till I made it. You know what I'm saying? Like I could, I could probably do it, you know, just because I'd been around it my whole life. And so I'll never forget that first Wednesday night, I, uh, I got up on the stage and, and uh, the, the church, they had a bus ministry. And so that's where the kids came from was the bus ministry. And uh, I'll never forget standing up on that stage that night and I just shared my testimony with them. I didn't know what else to share. I'd never been taught how to write a message, never preached before. So I just got up there and just shared my testimony. And it's one of those things, after I got done from sharing my testimony, and I got off that stage, I, just, I, I was just so excited. I was just overcome with joy. I didn't, honestly, I didn't know what to do. I just had all these emotions going on because I never knew that that person was inside me. Had no clue. Had no idea that that was, that was uh, you know, going to be something that, that brought me that much joy. But guess who knew? God. Because God's will for my life 
he had been trying to mold me into this, but he said, in order for you to realize, you got to go to Peru, so that way you, I can get you to realize you need to be a fireman, so that way you become a fireman, so that way you can meet me. Now, I know that sounds like a crazy long journey, but like I said, I was that stubborn to realize that I was lost and needed Jesus. And I'll never forget that night. Later on, me and Jenny got married, and, and uh, I had a conversation with her. I was still at the fire department full time, and we'd been serving with the youth for over a year now. And, and uh, I, I told her, I said, you know, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be awesome if I didn't have to work these jobs and still do the youth and, and do all this kind of stuff? Wouldn't it just be awesome that that could just be my job? And she supported me the entire time. I could not do what I do if it wasn't for her. And it was one of those things where she was like, absolutely. And so I went to a fellow youth pastor in the area and I just asked him for some advice. I was like, look, man, how, how do I do what you do as a job? Like, how, how do I become a youth pastor full time? And he's like, well, Crosby, he's like, do you have a degree? And I'm like, no. I'm like, a degree? You know, I'm, 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 just, I'm just confused where he's going with this. And, and he's like, yeah, do you have a degree? Do you, have you ever been to seminary? I'm like, dude, I've been a fireman for the last three years. Like, I don't have nothing, you know? And, and he's like, oh, well, you can't be a youth pastor. And that really bothered me. Because I, I, have, I have seen God work in, in, in many ways growing up. And, and, I, and I, just, I was in that moment where I realized, you know what? If God's called me to do something, then he's going to open up the door, no matter whether I got a doctorate degree or whatever degree, that he's going to use me no matter what I have. And when you look at Scripture and you look at all the people that he used, you look at Saul, how Saul used to murder Christians. And became Paul and became one of the, the greatest writers in the Bible. And how he totally turned his life around from murdering Christians to where he was able to stand up on a platform just like this and preach the word of God. He didn't have no degree. So if God's called me to do something, he's going to open up the door. So I came home and I told Jenna Lee, I said, I don't know, I'm just kind of discouraged in the conversation. You know, I just kind of was like... I just, I don't know what to do. And so I just prayed that night. I said, Lord, if this is your calling on my life, if you've called me to be a youth pastor, if you've called me to ministry, then you let that door be open. Well, guess what? A month later, I got a phone call from Andy Childs. And see, I've known Andy Childs my entire life. Andy and my dad are best friends. And, and uh, when Andy called me, he said, Crosby, he said, I know you've been helping out with you and Jenna Lee at uh, Jenna Lee's home church. And he said, but I want you to come on a Wednesday night and share your testimony. And I said, okay. So I came, I came here on a Wednesday night and uh, it was right before school was about to let out. And I got up there and I shared my testimony and, and uh, some kids got saved that night. And I'll never forget, after leaving the parking lot, they were, him and Caleb were like, hey, meet us over at Zaxby's. I'm like, Okay. So I went over to Zaxby's and we were sitting down in the Zaxby's in Tacoa and, and uh, they were sitting down talking to me and they, they looked at me and they both said, we believe that you are our next youth pastor. Now, I wish I had a snapshot of what my face looked like because I can tell you, I'm not one that hides my emotions very well with my face. 
And so it's one of those things where I can only just picture that my mouth probably hit the table because I just was so shocked that they were asking me about this and that they said that you are going to be our guy. Now, look, here's the deal. I don't have a resume. I don't have degrees. I'm dyslexic. I got dyscalculia, dysgraphia. I got all of them. Y'all didn't know that before you hired me, so just so you know. Miss Pam Brady is the only one in this room that knew all that. But it's one of those things that, you know, I have all those deficiencies. But guess what? God can still use me if I let him. That's the key. God can use anybody in this room, but you got to let him. You got to submit to him. You got to follow him with everything. And so I'll never forget coming back home and, and, and telling Jenna Lee, you know, uh, about that they had offered that to me. And, and she's like, well, what does that mean? I said, baby, that means we're moving to Tacoa. <laughs> and uh, she wasn't real happy with me saying it like that at first. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that was hard for her because we had built up a ministry there at her home church and we'd been pouring into those students' lives. And, and it was one of those things that that was hard to leave. That was not easy for her to leave her family, for us to, to do that. But in that moment, we made, we made a vow together that we said, you know what, we're, we're doing this together. We do ministry together. And it's one of those things that if I would have ever imagined that I'd be standing on this stage today, you'd have had a better chance winning the lottery than me standing up on this stage. Because I was that far away from God. But God literally took me through this journey to make me realize that I was lost. And I had to experience that in my life. But God's called me to ministry. My, my, my calling is, is for youth. That's why when, when I get up here and I have to speak in front of adults, I'm like, oh boy, what am I going to say to a bunch of adults? I can talk about social media with kids. I can talk about, you know, all the problems that they're going to experience because I've been there. But standing up here on the stage in front of a, a bunch of adults, that's challenging. But here's the deal. You know what? If God can use me, I just let him use me th through him. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter what stage I'm on. It don't matter who, who the people I'm speaking to from or in front of. All that matters is that I let God use me. But maybe you're in this room tonight, today and you say, you know what, Crosby, man? You know, I've grown up in church my whole life. I've, I've, I've done all this. I've heard all this. But maybe you've realized today for the first time in your life that you're, that you're a lost sheep. And that every day that Jesus comes running after you, he's saying, just come and follow me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But here's the deal. You've been in this room and you've been running away from God. Your life is not what, you, what it needs to be spiritually and you've been, you've been running this whole time. But now it's time for you to come home. So this morning, I'm going to give you opportunity to do that. If you would, just bow your heads. I didn't do this in the first service, but I, I, I feel like there's somebody in this room that needed to hear this message this morning. Because this is a, this is a message of redemption. 
This is a, a message of, of how God can take somebody that's broken, messed up, a failure, all those types of things. He can take somebody like that and use them in a mighty way. But maybe you're in this room today and you say, you know what, Crosby, I've never put my trust in Jesus. I've never surrendered and submitted my life to him. I've never given my life to Christ. But you say today is the day that you want to do that. So as heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're in this room and you say, you know what, Crosby, that's me. I just want you to pray this simple prayer after me. And there's nothing special about this prayer. But it's number one, you realizing that you're lost and Jesus came running after you. And it goes something like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I turn from those sins and I ask you to come into my life and save me. Forgive me of those sins. Come into my life and save me. I want my life to be made new. All the heads are bowed, eyes are closed. But if that's you in here and you've just prayed that prayer with me, Nobody else is looking around, but you, you say, you know what? Today's the day that I give my life to Christ. I just want you to, to raise your hand. Nobody else is looking around. Amen. Anybody else? Today's the day that you say, you know what? I've been, I've been struggling. I, I, you know, I've, I've gotten away from God. I don't have that personal relationship with Him. But today's the day that I'm ready to give my life to Christ. As Asher, as, as Asher plays, we're going to enter into our time of invitation. Pastor Fred's going to be down here. I'm going to be down here. But during this time, if you need to come down to this altar and pray, if there's, there's things going on in your life that you just, you just need to come down to this altar and pray, now's the time that you can do that. It really is all about coming home, isn't it? We say that often here at Ebenezer about welcome home, but it really is about coming home. Coming home to the Father's love. Some here today have never run into the Father's arms, but I pray today that Holy Spirit, you've just really opened their heart to be open to you. And I pray that they'll give me or Crosby or some of our other staff an opportunity to just talk to them about what it means to give their lives to Christ. But others have done that and then over the course of time wandered away, lost the joy. But Lord, it's so good to know we can still come back home. That's happening today too. So I'm here today are already rejoicing in the Father's arms for after wandered so far away, they found their way back home. Lord, I want to thank you for so many things, but I want to thank you for Crosby. I want to thank you, Lord, for the wonderful testimony that he lives. Lord, I can't think of, uh, of, of a better man to entrust with the souls of our kids because he loves them. He'll do anything to help them grow in Christ. And now, Lord, I want to pray over our, not only our teens, but their parents and grandparents as well. That, Lord, that you'll use this as a mighty time of revival and renewal 
in all of our lives. And Lord, as we pray for a new pastor who will be coming one day, what a great, great staff and a great church for him to come to. Lord, we want to thank you for the message that you've poured out into our hearts today. And we rejoice in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.